are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. As a lot of people know, uh, this has been an interesting last 96 hours as Arizona has their head men's basketball coach, Mr. Tommy Lloyd. And for people out there listening, it is Tommy Lloyd, not Tommy Floyd. Joined now by John Brogan. It's been a little while since uh, we've had Brogan on, but he's a busy man, making a lot of money, hanging out with his family. What's going on, Brogan? How you doing, man? And more importantly, what do you think about this new head coach? Yeah, no, glad to be back. Glad I was able to free up some time. It's been a crazy two or three weeks. But, um, you know, I'm a much bigger fan of Tommy Lloyd than I am of Tommy Floyd. Yes. Um, I think given the kind of spot where Arizona was at in terms of there's still the allegations out there, I do think Arizona keeps getting good signs as they start to deliver punishment to the other other schools usc's came out today and i think that's another good sign for arizona but given everything they had i think it was interesting they went the assistant route when they had a couple of head coach options but if you're going to go the assistant route getting one of the best assistants in the country i think makes total sense lloyd's known to be pretty much the best international recruiter in college basketball he's been studying under mark few for 20 years so you would assume he's learned something as a head you know that he's gonna be able to take with him as a head coach from an x's and o's standpoint so his staff's going to matter. He's going to have to, you know, recruit the U.S. really, really well um, if he wants to get Arizona competing for titles. Um, but I think Arizona's brand will help with that. All in all, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I like some of the things he said at the presser in terms of, you know, we're going to be more about play basketball and react in the moment and, and give the players some freedom to make plays. I think that's a little different than what we've seen for the last 10 years. So I'm excited for that for sure. The thing that's exciting, too, about this is I think that this is the the best upside hire. Now, again, I understand people that wanted, you know, Damon Stoudemire or, I mean, Jason Terry. Jody Ayler was on the show from 910 in Phoenix, and he kind of sold me on Jason Terry by p- saying, all these people keep talking about head coaching experience. The dude was coach. The dude played in the NBA for 20 years. He knows what he knows sets. It's not like he's going to go into practice and not understand what to do. But I think when I look at Tommy Lloyd, the things that I find really, really uh, uh, fascinating are that this is a guy who is going to be able to recruit. And here's what I mean by that. Everybody talks about the foreign, uh, the foreign aspect to it. And I get that. But when you look at it and you delve a little bit closer into it, you look at he was the lead recruiter for quite a few guys, the domestic players that Gonzaga brought in, including the guys from the Northwest. So, yes, it's going to be great that he's going to have those connections overseas. But at the same time, I'm totally comfortable that he's going to be able to recruit domestically. And honestly, I think he's going to get a higher caliber of player than he was able to get at Gonzaga. Because let's be honest, Gonzaga's awesome. And what they've done for that program is absolutely astounding. But Arizona at its peak has a higher peak than Gonzaga at its peak. And I think that's what Tommy Lloyd is about to find out. Yeah, let me give you let me give you the perfect, well, a good comparison for that. Nobody's going to mistake Baylor for Kansas over the next five to ten years. Baylor is hot right now. They won a title. They were the best team in the country last year. But they're not Kansas. Gonzaga's hot. 
They made a run to a title game. They've had a good four or five year run, but they're not Arizona. At each team's peak, Arizona's much higher. Kansas is a much higher peak than Baylor. And so it's easy to get caught up in the in the moment of Gonzaga was undefeated heading into the title game and and all of that. In the end, the upside though lies with Arizona. I think the only school on the West Coast that you could argue has similar upside to Arizona is UCLA. Other than that, I don't think it's close um, until you get to Kansas. And that's, I think, where we're looking at right now. And you look at it, and Tommy Lloyd talked about in his presser on Thursday about how he's he's a normal guy. And that might sound kind of weird, and it doesn't really, to a lot of people, it really doesn't matter. But I think when you've got an athletic department that, let's be honest right now, man, the athletic department is at the lowest point it's been in my adult lifetime. Football is a dumpster fire. You've got Arizona basketball that certainly looked like they'd have a competitive roster next year, but they're facing unprecedented turmoil. So having a guy come in that I think is kind of a laid back, seemingly good dude is probably somewhere that you needed to go in that aspect as far as maybe getting a really intense guy. It's just something that I noticed at the beginning, and I think that that's going to serve Arizona well, at least in the immediate future. Yeah, and let me let me tell you about the athletic department. You know, if you're Dave Hickey, you're basically all in on two assistant coaches to lead your two biggest programs on campus with no head coaching experience. If if Lloyd and Fish both bomb out in three years, I don't think Dave Hickey makes it another year or two max. And so on one end, I appreciate the gamble and the swing big and try to take this upside higher with your football and your basketball coach. On the other side, it's extremely risky. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because you know, the, the, the president and the athletic director are both kind of swinging for the fences here and, and, and taking a pretty big gamble, in my opinion. Yeah, now, when you look at the roster that you have possibly for next season, and Tommy Lloyd talked about that in the presser, that this was something that he was going to uh, be able to hit the ground running, and I think that that's a fair part to look at. And why don't we take a look at that coming up And you know what? If you wanted to get some good odds on that, you should go to betonline.ag. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats with John Brogan. I am merely Mike Luke. All right. Tommy Lloyd talked about during his introductory press conference that he's got a roster that he believes that he can win with. Now, the question is, how many of these guys are actually going to be around? You've got Kirk Creesa that's already entered the transfer portal. James Akinjo certainly looking at his options. You got a lot of players that aren't exactly happy. but I'm just going to call my shot right now, and I could be totally off on this. But generally, when guys say that, you know what, I'm not happy with this coach, or I'm not happy with this decision, it's basically just a sign of loyalty to the previous coach. But when Tommy Lloyd sits down with these players and says, you know, I can make you into this next level player. That's nothing against your coach, but I run a style, and you can show a template for what you've been able to do in the past. I'm of the belief that when he meets with these guys, the guys who weren't otherwise totally going to leave, I think a lot of these guys are going to be back, Brogan. Yeah, I mean, when he's able to show them Gonzaga highlights, you know, that they they may not have already seen, and it's free-flowing, it's a lot of threes, it's a lot of up and down, a lot of tempo, and a lot of movement, and kind of freedom to play, I don't see how that's not appealing if you're 
you know, if you're a basketball player and, and so if you're somebody like a Kinjo, I see this and I'm like, okay, they had Nemhard, they had Suggs, they had a Yagi. They've got three guys that can really play. They all wanted the ball in their hands and they all made it work. He could, he could potentially teach me something that I haven't learned yet, right? As a point guard. Um, and if you're, if you're Ben, same type of thing, right? I can play free on the wing. I can come out here and average 15, 16, 17 points a game and really improve my draft stock. So I think, you know, I think Arizona didn't do him a favor by waiting so long to make this hire. And he's kind of getting the second run at the transfer mill. Um, but there's enough talent on Arizona's roster for them to be a top 25 team. If he gets the majority or all of them to come back and he'll need to add one or two kind of key pieces to fill some gaps. So I think overall you have to be extremely optimistic, but it is going to be dependent on Akinjo and Ben coming back. I think Kerr's easily the most replaceable of the three. Um, but I think you could easily argue that he's got the best chance of keeping Kerr because of relationships and, and, and the foreign aspect and things like that. Yeah. And this is a guy that is going to run a different style than Sean Miller for sure. But like you said, if I'm Ben Matherin and I'm looking at Gonzaga and he's showing me tapes of guys from Gonzaga and what they were able to do, and I'm going to be getting up and down and running and you know what, probably taking a few bit, a few more chances offensively. I have a hard time to see a guy who's got NBA aspirations sitting there and saying, no, I'm good. I'm going to go somewhere else. And especially to Brogan, because let's be honest, there's only three guys on this roster that really matter at the highest level next year. It's James Akinjo, it's Azulis Tabellis, and it's Benedict Matherin. All the other guys, even though we really like some of them, are totally replaceable. Those are the three guys that are all conference caliber performers right there. So if he can get those three back, you got to figure that he'll be able to fill out that roster enough. And I do believe he's going to get those three back because if you're a Julius Tabellis, why wouldn't you want to play for a guy that you already have know? There's a connection there. Granted, he didn't show up at Gonzaga, but he certainly knows how to use players of your skill set and players from where you're at. James Akinjo, you can like you said, you can just look at Gonzaga. You can look at the free run that they gave all of those point guards and all of those players. And Benedict, or excuse me, then Benedict Matherin, where you've got, okay, I can show you all of these wings that we've produced for the last 15 to 20 years and how we play. A lot of them are kind of have a similar style to you and that they're shooters. They can slash to the hoop. A lot of them came in raw. There's an easy blueprint for all of these guys to look at and say, yeah, I can see that. So again, I think people get caught up in the moment that, oh, so-and-so already said they're going to leave or so-and-so said that on their Instagram account that uh, they deleted their jersey number. And talk to me in about three or four weeks, and we'll see where that is. And I think the best example I can give of that is Nick Wise. Nick Wise seemed like he was going to be out of Arizona because it was four coaches in four years. Sean Miller essentially said, you're going to be the guy that I'm going to build this team around, and Nick Wise came back. I think you're going to see the same thing right here, Brogan. Yeah, and the bottom line is the coaches who are really good recruiters can get kids to stay and get kids to come and show up. And and Lloyd is known as a really good recruiter. Sean Miller's known as a great recruiter, and he was able to do that same type of thing. And so, yeah, I'm I'm kind of – I got the same feeling you have where, you know, I think it'll be a pretty easy sell for him to get them to want to come back. Akinjo's the one interesting thing to me because – He's much more ball dominant than what you've seen from Gonzaga. 
And so I think it's an interesting mix, him and Lloyd. And it would be, I'd be curious to hear what the sales pitch is to Akinjo there. Um, even though you could argue he's the most important one that has to come back because he's the one that made Arizona go this year. If you uh, need a car part, you should be going to Rock Auto. Jason Shear got onto rockauto.com. We've got the same thing here with John Brogan. Now, Brogan's in a little bit of a different tax bracket than Shear, but the same thing applies, and that's why you want to be able to get involved here. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, again joined by John Brogan. All right, now let's talk about a little bit about the landscape of the conference next year that Arizona could be going into. And it's going to be a unique footing, I think, for sure, for Tommy Lloyd, mainly because you're going to have one team in UCLA that's going to be really, really good. You're going to have another team in Oregon that should be really good. And then after that, you could. there's definitely a place for Arizona, I think, to sneak in there and be that third team, which I think would be pretty impressive in Lloyd's first year there, Brogan. Yeah, I, I mean, depending on who returns um, in the pack, you know, ASU's added some transfers. It's going to keep them competitive. Um, depending on who comes back for Stanford, obviously Dejon Davis is transferring, but I think Arizona, assuming they get, you know, Akinjo and Matherin back, then I think they're clearly third in the pack. Um, I think with that roster right now, they're better than Oregon, but Oregon, obviously, you know, Altman's going to add two or three transfers. I think that's a guarantee. So they're going to be much different, you know, in a month or two than they are today, but I think you nailed it. UCLA. Oregon, Arizona are going to be the top three with UCLA kind of being the, the one at the top there. Um, but I think if you were to look at Arizona and remove all biased and say FBI for three years, haven't got sanctions yet, and they're going to be a top 25 team and, and at worst third or fourth in the pack, I think on paper you would take that all day. And if you're Lloyd, I think you have to be really happy if that's your first year given the circumstances, and then you can build from that. Whereas if you look when Sean Miller took over, they were basically 500. He didn't know where his players were coming from until the last minute he got lucky with USC and Tim Floyd and built it from there. I think Lloyd is starting off at a better point and can get this thing ramped up, hopefully as fast as Miller as he made an Elite Eight pretty quick. Yeah, because I think Arizona fans are going to have a lot of expectations for next year's squad. Now, again, I don't think that you look at them and say that they're going to win the national championship, but I think there will be some you know, expectations that this team should do well. And I think that, that when you look at the conference, when you look at the landscape, there isn't really that team out there outside of UCLA and possibly Oregon. I expect this team to be right there at the top. And um, Brian Jeffries was talking earlier in the week about this. And he basically said that, yes, um, Arizona's got a really good roster and I would expect them to be able to compete at a very high level. And, I think the thing that we also haven't really looked at is you still got some guys in the uh, transfer portal. We're in a weird time where guys can still basically leave whenever they want. So yes, you look at this roster on paper right now and it looks pretty good, but with the way that Arizona could have playing time available, if you can keep this roster around and possibly bring in a recruit or two, it looks like a pretty good possible roster. Now let's talk about a possible recruit. I think one way or the other, Arizona is going to end up with a solid point guard. And I think that point guard is either going to be James Akinjo, or I think that point guard is going to be Ty Ty Washington, the uh, point guard out of Phoenix. And you know what? I would rather have Akinjo for one year just because he's a senior. But if Ty Ty Washington, who's a top five point guard in the nation, is my point guard for one year, I'm more than okay with that, Brogan. 
Yeah, and I think the the home run dream situation is you sell them both on playing together, and then it takes some pressure off getting Kerr, and it gives you a dynamic backcourt where you've got two guys who can attack the basket as good as anybody. Um, Ty Ty's a really aggressive kind of in-your-face defender, um, which Miller hasn't really had for a couple years on the perimeter. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. Akinjo's obviously better for the one year. But if you get stuck with Ty Ty because Akinjo decides to transfer, go pro, whatever, um, you could do a lot worse. That's for sure. They're still going to need help on the perimeter if Akinjo and Kerr both leave. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does if it's if it's you know the transfer market or whatever it is. But yeah, I think at the point guard spot, one of those two, and you're you're good enough to really good um, either way. Yeah, and I, th- again, this is going to be a very fluid situation, so it's something that we're going to keep uh, everybody up to date. Again, I think people need to understand with the portal the way it is that there could be kids coming in and leaving for the next two, three months, and they would be have the possibility of being able to play at Arizona at any time here in the near future as soon as this summer arriving on campus. So for John Brogan, I am Mike Luke. Happy Monday, everyone. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.